Marriage is not a natural law. It is not a law of nature. It is a spiritual law that operates only in each spouse, the one that walks in the Holy Spirit. It has to be a spirit-filled marriage, just like Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5. It has to be a spirit-filled marriage if you really want to be happy. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, Raul continues our study of the Bible's instructions concerning divorce. We'll see that while society says it's okay to dissolve a marriage for a wide variety of reasons, God's parameters are much more limited. His first desire is for a husband and wife to seek His help in working through their differences, with a temporary time of separation if that's needed. Here's Raul Reese with part two of the lesson, What Does the Bible Teach About Divorce? Join us in Matthew chapter 19. And now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these sayings, that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And a great multitude followed him and healed them there. And the Pharisees also came to him, testing him, saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason. Now, the question that he's bringing up, first of all, they're asking for a way out in their own lives how to get rid of their wives. There's a lot of men like that. They're looking for an excuse to get rid of their wives, or there are women that are looking for an excuse to get rid of their husbands. And according to the law, they were so picky that they had taken the Bible and they had modified it to themselves. Remember Halal and Shemel. They were the actual rabbis. They had written the law. One was very radical. One was very kind of open. But at the same time, you know, one of them said that there's no possible way you could ever divorce your wife except for fornication or sexual adultery. The other one said that if your wife was cooking you a meal... And she put too much salt and pepper on your meal. And you ate it and it made you sick. You could divorce her. Imagine that. A lot of us would be divorced today. (laughs) Because they're experimenting on us, our wives. (laughs) But it's so cool to be able to see Jesus as he knew they were trying to entrap them. So again, notice in verse again. Have you not read, notice, that he... God, who made them at the beginning, made male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be glued unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. What does he do? He takes them back to the beginning where God established before the law was given to Moses in the book of Exodus and Deuteronomy. He takes them back to the book of Genesis. In the second chapter of Genesis, verse 18, all the way to the end of the chapter. And begins to share with them how God intended for one male and one female to become husband and wife. 
That really avoids all of the uh, liberal teaching concerning homosexuality. God never ever intended homosexuality or lesbianism or any perverted thing on sex. You can read that also in the book of Leviticus. There's two chapters dedicated to all the perversion in the world. How God says that anybody that would ever lie with a beast, he was to be stoned to death. According to the law, the real law, if anybody would divorce his wife because she had committed adultery, by the law of God, not only adultery, Gave you the right to divorce your wife, but it gave you the right to take your wife to the priest and she could be stoned to death. That's the law of God. You see? So they were twisting it. They were trying to set Jesus up to say something that he never said. So he takes them back to Genesis 2 where everything was established by God. Then he goes on to say in verse 6, So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore... What God has glued together, let no man separate it. In your Bible that says separate, you should put the word divorce, literally. Notice, he doesn't want anybody to divorce. They said to him, then why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? I mean, Moses said you could get rid of your wife. Is that really what he said? No. He didn't say that. Oh yeah, there's a lot of people they wish he would said that. Because there are a lot of people, even within the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they hate their mates. You see, they only live under the roof of their homes because they really don't want to get rid financially and give to their mate what comes to them in a divorce. So they put up with it. And they do other things about it. But yet the Bible is so clear when it comes to divorce. Then again, notice what he says. Verse 7. Then they said to him, "Then why did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and to put her away? Then he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wife. But from the beginning, it was not so. Notice what he says. It was not so from the beginning. God never said that. The only reason that Moses gave the actual right in order for them that they were divorcing their wives is because of the hardness of their hearts. They had hardened hearts. They wouldn't forgive their mates. This is why in the Old Testament, God set it up for a mother and father. They had a daughter that before she would get married... And let's say the guy comes to the house and says, I want to marry your daughter. I would say to you, well, that's good. You know, you can have my daughter to be your wife. But before you can have her, I want some guarantee money. Alimony in advance. That's what they did in the Old Testament. The father would set himself up for the bridegroom to pay alimony in advance just in case he would ever divorce his wife. The daughter would never be a burden to the father or mother. She would be taken care of financially. Pretty smart. You see? God set it all up. The right way. Why? Because he knows the hearts of men. We're wicked. We have hardened hearts. And so it's really important 
That now what he's going to do is we're going to pick it up in verse 7. That the Pharisees, again, were trying to entrap Jesus. They thought they could entrap them. But then Jesus gives to them four reasons why there was no divorce. Let me give them to you. Here Jesus is going to give three things about the ideal marriage. Number one, God's will for marriage is what? Permanence. Forever. Until death do you part, so help me God, I do. That's God's word. And once you take the vow as a husband and wife, as a Christian, and you get married to that person, it's not for six months, six years, 10 years, 20 years, until that person dies, or both parties die, then the actual marriage is over. But in between that, if you get married, and then somehow there's infidelity in the marriage, or let's say there is abuse in the marriage, physical, verbal abuse. What do you do? Well, the Bible, I think, is very clear, and it's just common sense, that if there is a problem with verbal or physical abuse in the marriage, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, as we've been reading, what does it say? That you have a legal right to separate, not divorce. To separate. Why? So you can give God a chance to work in your marriage. Because maybe your husband has a hardened heart, or maybe she has a hardened heart. You're not getting along, you're not communicating. So maybe in the separation, you're making a stand to saying, if you ever touch me, I will divorce you. Again, you see? Don't touch me. Keep your hands to yourself. God never called any woman or any man to be a punching bag or to be verbally abused. No possible way. That's ungodly. And yet, there are so many abuses within marriage. And those of you that are single, listen up real carefully because it will happen to you if you marry the wrong person. If you're a child of God, you need to wait upon the Lord. Why? Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14, it says, Be you not unequally yoked together with a non-believer, for what fellowship has light with darkness? You see? God forbids any child of God, male or female, to be going steady or having a boyfriend or girlfriend relationship if they're not Christian. You're going against God's will. You're going against God's will. You're already starting on the wrong foot. And if you're both Christians, you're not married, you should not be having sex. That's the bottom line. Why? Because then it makes you a fornicator. That's what God says. How can God bless your endeavor to get married and become a husband and wife when you already broke God's law in having sex before marriage? You can't bless that. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 for resources to enrich your life with God's Word and guide you in the wisdom of His ways. You can also order this divorce series on an MP3 flash drive. Now back to the final part of our study, what does the Bible teach about divorce? Watch what it says. Go back to chapter 19 of Matthew, verse 7 and 8. We pick it up. 
He says, and then they said to Jesus, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? And then he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, did what? Permitted you to divorce your wives. And then comma, watch. But from the beginning, it was not so. What beginning? Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, all the way on. He shuts them down. He says, you've heard wrong. You really haven't studied God's word. From the beginning, they had no law. The law had not been given yet. The Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments were not given yet. And from the beginning, God established what a husband and wife relationship should be under God. And especially today, what are we, under the law? No, we are under grace of God. That's why I'm glad you're here if you have been remarried in the Lord. Maybe you divorced and you've been feeling condemned and guilty. Because there are couples like that. It's not the unpardonable sin. You're not going to go to hell. But what you do need to do is you need to repent. You need to make sure you repented from your mistake you made. And to work out your marriage. That you're not going to divorce again. But that you're going to work hard at your marriage in the Lord. So that your children's hearts are not broken again. And other people get messed up because they watch you going from marriage to marriage. And I think it's really of importance that as we do look at the word of God. Secondly, look at verse 9 and 12. Now Christ's law for the marriage. In verse 9 he says, and then he said to them. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say unto you, whoever divorces his wife, except, notice the word, except, for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced, commits adultery. I mean, that's in plain words. You don't have to translate it. In the Greek... Or in the Hebrew. It's right where it's at. That's when Christians, if you're a new believer, start reading the Bible, you come to that, it could really devastate you if you've been remarried. Because you'll say, well, what happened? When if you came to the Lord, and these things were before you came to Christ, you're free. All things become new. What he's talking to is those that already are Christians, and then they're going to divorce and remarry. Those are the ones that are held great responsibility because we have the light and we have God's word. We know the truth. So we have to rethink and we have to come to a place where we stand before God and God says this, look, if there's no adultery, then you have no legal right to divorce. If there's abuse, physical, verbal, or whatever, or even sexual abuse, what do you do? You separate. First Corinthians 7, read it. For a while, not forever. And then there are cases, they will never work again, and they divorce. You see? So I think it's really of importance that we stick to the word of God. And then he goes on to say this. And then his disciples said to him, If such is the case of the man with his wife, (laughs) it's better not to marry. (laughs) They got bummed out. 
Jesus made it hard enough so that you can rethink before you get married. Single people, be careful. Make sure that you really want to get married. This is the person that God has given to me. It's a lifetime. It's not for six months, three years, five years, ten years, twenty years. No, it's until death do us part. So help me, God, I will. Those are the vows when you take them and yet they're broken. Because maybe your mate becomes older, faster, out of shape. There's no communication anymore. You have grown yourself out of love. You meet somebody else in the office. You meet somebody at the gym. And you start building a conversation. And you start building a relationship. And pretty soon you find yourself not only in a relationship, but a sexual relationship. That's adultery. You see? You put yourself in that predicament and you got yourself in that mess. And if there's anybody here today that finds themselves in adultery or even fornication, you need to stop before God stops you. Before it's too late. You need to repent. You need to make things right before the Lord so that God can honor you and your children, your wife and husband. That's what God desires through his love. He doesn't want anybody to be messed up. He's not picking on anybody. But he wants us to live according to his word. He wants us to be obedient to his word. Too many people break the word of God. They live according to their own manipulation. According to their own desires. And that's why Jesus, in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, said this, you have heard that it was said in the old, you shall not commit adultery, but if I say to you now, that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It's not the physical act, it's the mental act that makes you guilty too. That's why he goes on to say, if, Your right eye causes you to sin. Pluck it out and cast it from you. Now, literally, he's not saying pluck your eye. Because if you do, you still have another eye. And if you pluck both of them, you still have a mind. You see? Literally, he's saying, cut the sin off. Get rid of it. Because he's going to use another illustration. And if your right eye causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that your one member perish than for your whole body to be cast into the lake of fire, into Gehenna. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her an actual certificate of divorce. And then in Mark chapter 10, verse 1 and 12, he said, then he arose from there and came to the region of Judea by the other side of Jordan and a multitude gathered together again to him and he was accustomed and he taught them again saying the Pharisees came and asked them again it's said lawful for a man to divorce his wife testing him he answered and said what did Moses command you and they said Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her and Jesus answered and said unto them because of the hardness of your heart he wrote this precept and from the beginning of the creation God made male and female and for this reason shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be glued unto his wife and the two shall become one flesh so then they no longer are two but one flesh therefore what God has joined together let no man 
divorce. God has given us his word because he loves us and because he wants to do tremendous works in our lives. Now, in conclusion, listen carefully because I don't want nobody leaving here condemned because we're not condemned. We're set free by Jesus Christ. How can I prevent the hardness of heart in a divorce? Number one, let me give you four things. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands. Submit. Now, let me say it again. A wife cannot submit to her husband if her husband is not the head of his home in Christ Jesus. Very hard. He's talking to Christians. The husband has to be the head. When the husband is the head, the wife will love to submit herself to him. Why? Because he's reading the scriptures and he's a godly man. And he's going to make godly decisions for the family. So he says this. Ephesians 5, 22, 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything in the Lord. Secondly, husbands, you have a little longer list. Number one, Husbands are to love their wives. To love their wives. In Ephesians 5.25, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That's the first principle. Christ gave himself for his bride. He was our husbandman. We're supposed to love our wives by dying to ourselves. Verse 28, So husbands... Uh, to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. If you love yourself, you go to the gym, you take care of your body, you're in love with yourself, and you kiss yourself all the time, you should love your wife. You should love your wife. Verse 29. For no one ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes it, cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Nothing wrong with taking care of your body, but you've got to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And gave himself for it. Three, husbands, love your wives as yourselves. 533, nevertheless, let each one of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Listen, women will not respect their husbands unless, what? Their husbands respect the Lord. That's the bottom line. And then this is the last one. This is pretty cool. Husband and wives, be kind one to another. I know that's hard. Some of you are kicking your wife right now. Kick your husband. Listen, Ephesians 4.32. Be kind one to another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Oh, there's a key. Forgiving one another. I'll never forget him. I'll never forget her. Before the sun goes down, before you go to bed, or before you go to work, you better repent, you better make things right, husband and wives. Just as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. That's the reason. We hope today's message has helped you better understand God's view of divorce and His desire to help you and your spouse enjoy a stronger, healthier relationship. 
This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Now, if you'd like to review today's lesson, just call 800-634-9165 and ask for the lesson titled, What Does the Bible Teach About Divorce? And for a donation of $5 or more, we'll send a complete copy to you. For additional biblical insight, we'd like to tell you about Raul's four-part divorce series. Downloaded to an MP3 flash drive, this study will guide you through more of the Bible's instructions for navigating marital struggles. You'll also find assurance that when you put your hope and trust in the Lord and wait on His timing, He can bring healing and renewal to your home. To order Rawls' four-lesson divorce study, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your USB drive for a gift of just $10 or more. Our phone number once again is 800-634-9165. This resource is also available when you write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Be sure to take advantage of all of our free resources. Rawl is happy to personally respond to your Bible questions and prayer needs via email. You can write him at pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. You can also join Rawl on YouTube every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific for Straight Talk. It's a Q&A program that explores the Bible's directions for walking in step with the Lord Jesus. This ministry is listener-supported, and we are blessed to partner with you in sharing the good news of the gospel. Thanks so much for your tax-deductible donations. Next time, we'll continue this series examining divorce through the lens of the Bible. As you reflect on God's desire and ability to help you and your spouse thrive, you'll get a challenge to recommit your marriage to His care. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.